Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. This morning, are you full? Okay, that's that's what I figured. I figured. Okay, I'll come back to that response right there because that's that's where we've got to land this morning. Uh, we've been challenging you since the first of the year that uh, God has called us to live a full life, a full experience with Him, uh, because your fullness determines what overflows into every area of your life. If you're not full to the point of overflowing, then how is it that you can expect to share what you have with anybody else if you only have enough for you? I've already started preaching and y'all are still getting adjusted. All right, so so this is what I've discovered, and, and I've got some things that will back that up this morning, so hang with me just a second. I've discovered that the truth is, is that most of us find ourselves living closer to E than to F. Um, let, me, let me see if I can prove that to you. I just discovered a survey that was done, a, a study by a, a group that does this professionally. They do surveys. And what they did is, just this was just recently, they studied a thousand churches to try to obtain some kind of understanding of, of this. They were looking at the spiritual growth, not the numerical growth, the spiritual growth of congregations. Now, you do uh, understand that can be difficult to judge and to to determine, but they spent a significant amount of time studying whether there was any spiritual growth. This is what they discovered. They discovered that 11%, I want that to sink in, 11%, okay, I'm not great with math, uh, ask Teresa, where, Teresa, I, I, I should have gotten one big amen, Teresa, uh, I'm not great in math. She's our bookkeeper, by the way. She does all the books, and so she cleans up all my mess. But, but 11%, okay, what that means is a little over, make sure, about 1 out of 10, okay? Just a little over, but, but let's, for, for simplicity's sake, in numbers that I can understand, 1 out of 10 said, listen to this statement, that they are compelled by their faith to love God. Y'all missed it. Only one out of ten believers said that they are compelled by their faith to love God. That's bad enough. And then, and then they said this, or to love others. Okay, so what that means then is 89% of believers are in the wilderness, if you will, they're saved, but they're not full. That 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 has no bearing on church attendance because you can come to church attend be a, be a church attender and still be empty. Eighty nine percent said they have their faith doesn't even push them to love God, much less love anybody else. So when I say, "Are you full?" and I get two people that go. Amen. It's because that's the reality that most of us are living in. We're empty. 
but we were never intended to live empty. And so I've been reading these verses of Scripture, and you might as well get used to it. I'm going to read these several more weeks to you. And next week we'll change how I read them to you a little bit so that it becomes a reality to you. But I need you to listen to these verses of Scripture because if we believe the Word is true, then it's talking about us. So in John 10.10, Jesus says this, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came. He showed up that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. He didn't come and die so that you could be closer to E than you are to F. Right. Then Paul comes along in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9 and 10 and he says, you don't need a, a telescope, a microscope, or even a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. We know it like this. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in, deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. So the, the accurate and mature understanding of, of this thing that we call Christian life is that we should be living a full and abundant life. We should be so full that we overflow to others around us. So... I have clearly stated for you, we began this journey several weeks ago, took a break for Pastor Greg, and uh, his ties right into this, and you'll see that more here in a minute, but, but uh, I've tried to be, I'm trying to articulate for you very clearly what we should be full of, because what I've also discovered is if I ask you what you should be full of, most of us don't even know. So we become full of all this other stuff, and then there's no room left to be full of what Christ wants to fill us with. So we started it like this. We should be thankful. And I encourage you to practice that for weeks on end, now two weeks, that you become more thankful to your spouse, to your children, to your co-workers, to your boss, to the people that wait on you, wherever you go. I hope you've taken an opportunity to allow thankfulness to come out of your mouth and you begin to say to people, thank you. So that when you come together like this and we start to worship, you are a ready thanker so that it, it, it turns over and now goes from people to him. All right? And so that's where we are. We're going to go one step further this morning. And I just need you to know, going in, I'm going to stop right here. This is a, a public service announcement. I'm going to slow down here uh, just a little bit, okay? I've been trying to speed up for you guys that, like, Need to get to the buffet before the Baptists, and 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 I'm not all into I'm not into marathon church for marathon church's sake. Okay, you know my commitment to that. I don't just want to do, but I need to slow down because today, as many of you know, if you're visiting with us for the first time, uh, you you chose to come on an interesting Sunday because this particular Sunday is uh, uh, it's this hybrid thing. I, I, the only way I know how to say it is like this: I'm gonna preach a little bit, but but in reality, we're just having a family talk. Okay, and so I'm going to slow down because there's some stuff we got to know as family. So if you have your Bibles, uh, I'm not going to stay in the scripture long today as far as a uh, major application and points, but, but just hang with me so I can set, set the foundation. In Luke chapter 2, uh, there's an occurrence that takes place, an account about Jesus' life that I think is uh, very appropriate for us to examine this morning. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 41 down through verse 49 says this, His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. 
And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. They lost him at Walmart. And Joseph and his mother, anybody ever done? Oh, don't, don't, don't raise your hand. All right. Um, and and Joseph, I'm having flashbacks, never mind. And, and, uh, uh, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing to have to, to have been supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey, and they sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. And so, when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. In today's age, they would have been thrown in jail. But that's a whole different story as well. So, so, so now, so it was that after three days they find him. They had to look for him for three days. Um, they find him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And so when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? I want to stop right there and say, No, I don't. Okay, because uh, uh, all of us have asked that question of our children. It makes me feel better. Um, and Jesus responds like this. Look. Or Mary keeps talking and says, look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And now Jesus' response, he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? So this morning what I want to say to you is not only uh, should we be thankful, we must also be purposeful. I, 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 I tend to do this, and sometimes I get myself in a little bit of trouble doing this, but I tend to read between the lines of Scripture. Uh, here's an account that I think I can get away with doing that because I've come to a conclusion by reading between the lines, and that is this. By the age of 12, Jesus already had a very clear understanding of who he was and why he was on the earth. So in other words, Jesus was literally purposeful. So what that means then is that um, his purpose that he'd come to grips with, that even by the age of 12, let that register just a minute. While he was, when he was 12, while most of us at that age are consumed with video games and while most of us at that age are consumed with um, fitting in the cliques and, and the circles and impressing classmates that we don't even really like, Jesus was very clear about why he had been sent. And I want to stop there long enough to say this to you. Don't buy the lie, specifically to our young people, our teenagers. Our, uh, I wish our passion kids could hear this, but, but teenagers, college students, please don't buy the lie that you have to wait until you're 25, 35, 45 to discover your purpose in life and why God's placed you here because here's the truth, so many of us have bought that lie that now we are so full of cares that we can't figure out our cause. Life has crushed all the cause out of us and the cares of bills and the cares of, of home life and the cares of uh, careers have left no room for any cause. And so I'm telling you, God's not trying to hide it from you. He wants you to know that's also true if you're sitting in here this morning and you're 55 years old and you still don't know why you're here. It's not too late. You've got to discover the reason that God has sent you here. One man said this accurately. He said, hell is not knowing who we are. 
That is true. So we must be purposeful. When the, the reason I want to stress that to you this morning is this. When we are purposeful, that is when we become forceful. Okay, I'm playing with words here, but stay with me. Don't lose it in, in, in the wordplay because there's a truth there. It is at the moment that we discover our purpose that we also find a force in our life and accomplish things for God. I can prove that out of Jesus' life. Jesus' uh, purpose causes him to persevere. It caused Jesus to set his face, uh, his faith and his face like flint because he knew he was going to go and, and endure the cross. Why? Because he knew what his purpose was. It caused Jesus to have extreme focus. He knew exactly why he was here. He wouldn't settle or, com or, or for comfort. He wouldn't settle for convenience. That's why in the garden he prays, nevertheless, I won't let anything pull me off my focus. Some of you can't stay focused because you don't know what your purpose is. It, being purposeful brings fulfillment. That's why when Jesus is on the cross and he says this, these three, it is finished. He is literally saying, I have fulfilled my purpose. I, I came and I accomplished exactly what I was intended to accomplish. And so some of you will never find fulfillment until you find your purpose. Okay. So that's why in the New Testament, that's why the account where Jesus looks at Peter and uh, renames him, his, his name was Simon, and he looks at him and says, who do men say that I am? And, and Peter has this Simon has this revelation of who Jesus is. He says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus looks at him and changes his name to Peter, which means rock. That is a profound moment in this guy's life because you've got this guy here that Jesus has called to be a disciple who is very insecure. You know how I know he was insecure? Because he was mouthy. Aren't the most insecure people the mouthiest people, the ones that always got to share their opinions? The one, okay, don't, don't, I, all right. All right. But that was, that was who he was, and he has this revelation of who he is, so that when now he's got a revelation of who he is, he now has a clear understanding of who he is. It's a profound moment. And from that moment forward, he understood his purpose to the degree that he was willing to give his life to expand the kingdom. Okay, so here comes the family part. Each year at about this time, ushers, if you'll get ready, um, they're going to pass out a sheet of paper to you. And uh, while they're doing that, go ahead. And while they're doing that, it's, it looks like this. It looks like a battery. And Julie was reading it from the top to the bottom. That's wrong. you got to read it from the, the bottom to the top because we want to get full. We don't want to deplete. Okay. So I, she, she helped me understand the errors of my ways. I should have flipped them, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how the battery works where she's at. But this is the way mine works. It goes from bottom. Okay, I'm playing with her. I'm playing with her. Uh, I'll be grounded. Don't worry about it. Oh, Lord, what have I done? Lord Jesus, please protect me today. <laughs> I'm giving her a hard time. Um, uh, each year about this time, we do two things. We try to reflect back on the previous year to understand what we partnered in. I, 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 this is crucial. This is crucial. 
don't read ahead. Don't read ahead. I see some of you. I know I'm, I'm type A. I would have already read. I'd have read the whole thing already. But please, for one moment, we're going to read it. All right. But for one, just it is crucial that we take this step. I told Tari, I hate this step because it feels like business. But we are in business up for the kingdom, and so I need you to understand. This is a, there's a reason this is important because I want you to to be able to reflect back and be thankful. Come, look at me. Everybody's heads come up. All right, turn your paper over. All right, I got cheaters. All right, I'm gonna be the teacher in school. Turn your paper over. Lay it on your lap, you scoundrels. I know, but do it, do it because I want you to hear me. I want you to understand how I operate because if I operate this way, I know that you operate this way if we're not careful. If we're not careful, we, as a part of a body, we fly at 100 feet. So what happens is we only take notice of what we notice each Sunday or each time we're gathered together in some form or fashion. We never are aware that there's a higher elevation so that we can get this widespread view of what's actually taking place. And so I'm going to be straight up with you. What happens if I'm not careful, my pastoral staff will tell you, if I'm not careful, I get very um, focused. Okay, I was trying to figure out a word like anal or something like that, but, but uh, focused on just specific segments, and I fail to realize that so much more is going on. The dilemma there is then that we're not as thankful as we should be, all right? So, with that said, okay, go ahead. I know some of you are still cheating anyway, so turn it over. All right. So, let me tell you some things, and if you'll stay with me, I want to show you some things because I want us to be thankful. There's some challenges represented here, but there's some thankful things that we need to deal with. I don't like to start with giving because I believe that uh, money follows vision, provision follows vision, but I need you to understand that we just walked out of one of the most miraculous years that we've ever seen. Um, we, uh, last year, very close to the same number of giving units, which, by the way, is very difficult, and I can thank Teresa for working diligently, and we got it as close as we possibly could, I think, but, but pretty close to where we were last year in giving units. That's always going up and down. It's kind of difficult to ascertain, but that's as close as we can get. But I want you to see what that says. Last year, we increased right at $9,519 a month in average over where we were this time in 2015. That is a miracle. Yeah, go ahead. That is massive. Massive. And there's some other parts of that that you need to know. And I don't talk about this stuff very often. Not that they're not important, it's just that um, it's not what we're necessarily about. So, but, but for your sake, I need to tell you this. We are now leading of the um, 70 churches in our conference. We are now the leading giving church in the entire conference. And, yeah, go ahead. Give yourselves a hand in what God has done. Because what that does is that uh, you do recognize that by that average going up, it also uh, either you're, okay, there's only two options. One is, is you were disobedient, and now you've become obedient, which is worth thank, being thankful for. Or God is increasing what he's doing in your life. So either way, we win, all right, because God's doing something great. But all of that stemmed out of the Blessed Life series that we did in January. That's when we start, saw it happen, and we were monitoring it month to month. 
and being the man of faith and power, I would tell Woody and others, well, it's probably going to change. We, you know, they're just excited about the video, and, and it has maintained all year long. So that now, just so you know, what happened out of that is I was invited to go speak to all the pastors in our conference, and I pushed the Blessed Life series on them and said, you need to use this, told them what it was hap happening for us. And out of that, five or six other churches have begun to use that just within the last two to three months and they are seeing a financial turnaround. You were the guinea pigs, the lab, uh, the catalyst, and when they're blessed, you have a part to play because if you had not responded, then we could, I wouldn't have, there's no way. And so God has done some great things. You can see the number of givers, how it breaks down. Um, We've had a, a pretty significant move towards the higher end, which is powerful. Through, because of that, we were able to support missionaries. Because of that, we were able to give in the Go offering, which plants churches. Because of that, we were able to help out of the campgrounds, do things for our young people. Just a powerful thing God is doing. Um, uh, some other things, just so you know, we were able to... Uh, scholarship, um, our young people fresh, that were going to be freshmen in college, uh, we did... Um, Four of them, a total of $2,000 towards scholarship. We were able to give away over $7,000 in benevolence where we're helping people that need desperate help. We were able to supply 40 children Christmas gifts, and I'm going up and to engage some, but, but all based on your willingness to give, your obedience to give. God is doing some great things. I'm very, very, very proud of you. Because you're obeying what God has said. Um, go up into encounter. A couple things. Uh, we saw uh, 38 people give their heart and life to Jesus that we know about. Um, and I'm always, that's the, that's the biggie for us. Um, we baptized 14 people last year. Uh, this one is where I need some, some help. Um, uh, and I'm getting out of my own order a little bit. But while I'm there, uh, we, we had 117 uh, uh, visitors sign in. There's one problem with that number right there. Those are the people that signed in. The problem with that number is my mom cooks cookies every week and we give them out. So we have some understanding that she cooked a lot more than 800 cookies. Do they each get eight cookies or six? Eight. If you only got six, surprise, you got ripped off. But hey, uh, <laughs> it was before you had been obedient and giving. We had to cut back on the on the ring. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. All right. So, hey, so you do that math. Okay, we know that she cooked more than 800 cookies. I am estimating that somewhere between double and triple that number walked through these doors. Now, this is where I need your help. Some of y'all sit next to visitors every week, and you watch, when we do the call at the end to sign your communication card, stop by Pastor Steve or whoever's back there to get the cookies, you watch them walk out, and they never sign in, and they don't get their cookies. Some of you bring visitors with you. We need your help. Why? Because we follow up on them. We're trying to get them to tie into the body. So I'm just asking, this is real simple. When you see somebody that you don't think belongs, even if they do and you don't know it, encourage them. Hey, you want to go talk to Pastor Steve? He's got fresh cookies for you. If they say, I'm a regular here, then come back there and try to get cookies anyway. It's an incredible experience when I tell you, no, they're not for you. All right. But you could really help us there by taking ownership of our visitors and, 
in helping us there. Attendance. Um, let, me, let me show you something that we did this year, a little bit different. I will tell you that getting attendance numbers for us is somewhat challenging um, because of the way our schedule works where part of the year you're doing one service and part of you're doing two. It's kind of difficult. But I do think this year, maybe for the first time in a long time, we've got the most accurate uh, I tried to break it down differently for you. We've always lumped some stuff together that this year I did not. I want to show you some things. Uh, there were several months that we had that were over 200 in average, but right now, uh, 163 adults every week, 24 children every week. Um, this is a double, by the way, and we've invested some resources, and I think this is why. Uh, from last year to this, uh, from 2015 to 2016, we doubled here. 84 a week are watching online through truth casting, which is amazing. And I'll come back to that in just a second. Um, and, then th and then this one was new. Starting in uh, July, uh, Pastor Danny worked diligently, still working on it, because they try to change it all the time. And it gets uh, I think they do that to try to keep you from doing it. But we're, we're, we're smart and use Facebook. Okay, so um, we started broadcasting live over Facebook, and it's been incredible. I listed for you... Um, the, the total, which is each week there are 456 people that we, he gets reports, and they're not always exactly accurate, but that's pretty close. 456 people watch our services, at least a portion of our service, through Facebook. Now, the mathematicians are going nuts because then you look at the Sunday average and those numbers don't add up, I understand, but because Facebook came into the play halfway through the year, if you add Facebook in, it skews it all up and it becomes 700 average a week, but we wanted you to get a realistic, so... Um, youth uh, average 24 on uh, Wednesday nights. Our small groups 123 uh, uh, in the small groups a month. Um, uh, Passion Iglesia, which I'll come back to in a minute, uh, just a minute, uh, has grown this this past year. They're averaging 51 people. So some incredible stuff happening as we encounter God together. Move up into the equip. Uh, let me just say to you, um, and I, you can see it there for yourself, we did so much, but one of the things I, I'll just mention, some of you are looking at this going, how in the world did your sermons get, okay, I, I post all my sermons on Sermon Central manuscript form, and 570,000 people looked at those, and so it's just, it's one of the ways that we extend the reach of our influence. Uh, we had almost, uh, and this is probably not real accurate, real precise, but we because we went through a whole new website and we're still trying to get all the stats together for that, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 11,000 unique visitors to our site. And let me just say this to you, and, and I say all that to say this. We cannot underestimate the power of media. Um, the reason we invest what we invest, the reason we went and just got new lights recently and all that kind of stuff is because, uh, did you know that last week when Pastor Greg was preaching, after service, we got notification that uh, some lady somewhere watched online and gave her heart to the Lord while she was watching. And so that's why we do it. Another reason we do it, this one blows my mind. Danny on Friday had to go to Leedy, Oklahoma. All right, some of y'all have no clue. I, I had somebody look it up for me. It's out towards the panhandle somewhere. Leedy, Oklahoma to do a job for the company he works for. And were you at a church? He was at a church and while he was at the church doing the job, a lady walked in, saw him, and said to him, I watch y'all's services every weekend religiously. In Leedy, Oklahoma, shout out to Leedy, Oklahoma, because she's probably watching. That's incredible. We, that's the 100-foot that's the flying to the 1,000-foot flying that while we're enjoying the presence of God in here, so many other people are 
experiencing what we're experiencing. So I'm thankful. Um, engage. This is the part where we try to reach out. And I, you can see all that. I want to mention some things in particular. Uh, first of all, uh, we started a pantry, uh, our Passion Community Closet and Pantry, right here across the parking lot in June. June to July. Okay, June to July. We, uh, we serviced 393 families, and that represents 1,463 people came through those doors seeking assistance. That's incredible. That is incredible. Uh, Bears Club, 10 families all year long uh, or during the months of their operation, they, they reach out to families who have children with special needs. And they come and they give them a, a night out. They take care of their kids and they get a night out. That's incredible ministry. OERT serves somewhere near a thousand meals. Um, so you can see the other things that we did. Just some incredible things. The dog days, the Easter egg hunts. And I'm going to talk more about that stuff here in a second. But, but the Hispanics uh, in our Hispanic congregation, I just want you to know, they started a youth ministry. They started a men's ministry. They started a women's ministry. They, they gave Thanksgiving meals away. They gave Christmas gifts us out during outreach time during Christmas. They are catching this too. This is what we're about. And so I'm excited. We did the kids building this year. Anybody notice the walls going up? Yeah. I'm excited about that. Uh, they're, they're saying they will be done at the end of April. And so we're excited about that. Uh, and so I just want to stop right here and tell you, we should be so thankful this isn't just about coming and worshiping one time a week together. This is about do, partnering together and God doing so much. So I just want to stop right here, and I, and I got to do this. I just want to say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Jesus, we're thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we are thankful. We are full of thanks that you would choose us that you would use the little part that we play. Just men and women coming together in agreement, uh, putting our little part in, has such a substantial impact on the lives of people. We will never take that for granted. Help us to never take that for granted, that you use us, that we're your, your team. And we ask you to fill our hearts all this year with a gratitude and thankfulness that says we know why this happens. It's not us, it's you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so now, put your paper down, because now let me talk to you about 2017. Are we all right? Family talk? Okay. Um, as we begin to talk about 2017, I want to just reflect back for one moment. In this account that I read to you, this, Jesus makes this statement. He says, I must. I, I wished in the Bible they would capitalize stuff sometimes. I wish it was in all caps, because you know in all caps, this is a tutorial moment for some of y'all. If you use all caps in your email, it means you're shouting. All right? Just, okay. All right. So I wished it was in all caps, because I think that's how he said it. I think he said, I must. And I want to say something to you this morning. We must be about the Father's business. There has to be this, this intensity this intentionality that Pastor Greg talked about last week, this, this purposefulness about us, because we are operating on borrowed time. Listen to me. This time is shortening. 
It's not just because you're getting older. Don't, don't the, don't, okay, maybe I'm the only one. That, that is a spiritual truth. The days are becoming less and less. That's what's happening. We, time is elapsing. We don't have time. I'm going to say it like I would say it if I wasn't up here. To jack around. We don't have time to play games. We don't have time to just do things for, oh, well, this ought to be, this will be fun. No, we've got to be intentional. We've got to do some things that expand the influence and the reach and the message of Jesus. If we're not doing that, we're wasting time. And so in 2017, I'm going to tell you, we're going to do some things. Going to make some, I'll come back to this too. It's going to make some of you uncomfortable. But we're going to do this. We got, this is our must. We got to do some things. So first of all, encounter opportunities. You don't have a sheet for this because I knew you'd cheat and try to read ahead. So um, we are going to, and, I, and, and I'm going to talk about this. Man, I'm going to talk about this, and I'm going to come back to it at the end for just a moment. Okay? I know I'm all over the place. I, y'all, y'all know I'm normally point by point. Okay? But this is a little different. Just okay. Sundays are a priority. I didn't figure I'd get any help. Sundays, okay, that may be our problem right there. Uh, Sundays are a priority. Why? It is our opportunity to come and encounter God. These are not self-help seminars. This is not self-improvement time like you sign up at some college somewhere. This is so that you can come in here and encounter God, and it's more powerful when you do it together. I put a post on my Facebook um, and I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but the, the author's statement is pretty powerful. He says, we take a non-biblical feature of American culture and we bring it into our Christian life, which is, he's talking about um, individual, uh, individualism where we don't feel any accountability, no depth of relationship, and we try, to, uh, we try to put that into our Christian life, and then we wonder why we don't have any purpose. The reason we come together is so that we can encounter God and it changes us. And so this year, um, we, we're going to continue to, to put emphasis on Sunday mornings. They're essential for us. We need this. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be here on Sundays. Okay, now shelf that one right there, and I'll come back to it, because we're going to make an adjustment to what we do on Sundays to, to help with that. All right, everybody with me? Okay, so let me go on. So another thing we're going to do to to help you encounter God uh, this year is we have scheduled several worship nights where we come together and all we do is worship. The style will adjust some probably each time. It'll feature some different different things. But I'm asking you, when you see them on the in the bulletin, on the calendar, in the newsletter, that you take part. Well, I don't need all that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because we don't worship enough on our own. And we can't worship on our own like we can worship together. So there will be some worship nights. There are going to be retreats that take place. Uh, The women are getting ready to take a retreat. The men have a couple of retreats. The youth have camps and retreats. Why? Because you don't grow in relationship and in your encounter with God just in here. In fact, the most significant experiences I've ever had with God didn't happen in a church service like this. They happened somewhere off somewhere. And so I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging. Well, I'm uncomfortable and I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of shy and I don't like... Get over it! 
Come on. You don't learn each other by looking at the back of each other's heads. And, and you don't experience God at the level that you can when you pull away. So they're going to be retreats. Um, another one is uh, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Anybody that's interested, this will cause you to have an encounter with God. We're going to have a very brief meeting where I'm going to talk to you about the trip that I got to take to Israel. And I'm going to try to take you on a trip in 2018 to Israel. So if you're interested, you can come this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. I'll show you some pictures that I saw or that I took while I was in Israel. And then we'll talk about how we can facilitate that and make it happen and give you over a year's time to save up and make it financially possible. You need, it needs to be on your bucket list. It, you need to go to Israel at least once in your life. It will change how you read scripture and the encounter you have with God. And then another one we'll do is we're that we're planning is we're changing the way we do corporate prayer because none of y'all show up. So, which I can find if it doesn't work the way it, I'm, I'm all about changing. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So we've been trying to do it once a month on Tuesday night, and y'all can't make it. So we're going to do it different. We're going to take advantage of technology. We are right now working on a thing called uh, Passion Prayer Pause. It's a video, and we will send it out to you, and it will give you the prayer points for that month. And we're asking you to stop when you get it. It won't take you. It's going to be like three minutes long. Stop when you get it and pray for the stuff that we ask you to pray for. Will y'all do that? We got to encounter God. All right? And one of the things that we got to do is have that as part of our life. All right? So there are some equipped opportunities coming for you. Uh, I'm not going to mention them all. just going to mention three very quickly. The first one is the marriage conference that's coming up. $30 to sign up. If you stay for lunch, you get your $30 back. That's a deal. Those that would, went on the retreat two years ago where we went off and watched videos by this ministry, it was incredible. This is all new material. It will, it will impact. Listen, I don't care if when you walk home, like, like when the wife walks home, you walk in the front door and there are roses everywhere and candles and the dinner's made and he's got a hot bath drawn for you. And guys, when you walk home, uh, get home and you walk in the door, like, well, they're... She's wearing nothing, and there's, and there's steak, all right? Perfect marriages. Some of y'all think y'all got perfect marriages. That's fine. You still need to come to this conference. You, you did. I did just do a whole teaching right there between the difference between a man and a woman, didn't I? Okay. All right. Uh, so something for everybody. All right, so it's the truth. It's the truth. Truth. Did a mic drop? All right. Okay. This is true. All right. So, so if your marriage is perfect, you need to attend because it can be better. If your marriage is less than perfect, like all the rest of us, other than just you, all the rest of us, our marriages are less than perfect, and it's not always like roses and bathrobes, okay? Um, so, you need to be here if you're thinking about getting married. I would encourage you to attend. There will be some subjects we talk about, and they lead us in that probably aren't uh, great for you to hear at this point, but I'd rather you hear it now and deal with it than to get married and then struggle. You need to be here. It's going to be awesome. All right, second, equip classes. Uh, we started this last fall. They, they were awesome. They were awesome. I learned a lot. I did. 
I learned a lot in those classes. We're starting those again the first week in February, and it'll take us through third March, April, the end of April. All right. How important is your faith to you if you can't spend one hour a week six months out of your life? That's, what, that's all we're asking for. It is one hour long. I fire the teacher if they go over an hour. There's child care. When my dad does his session, there will be desserts. Andrew, y'all are going to have to meet back there. We're going to move in here because everybody's going to show up. All right? So what? But please, please, you need to attend those sessions. They, they're, okay, I've been in a lot of sessions, and I won't, I'm pretty blunt. I'll tell you if they're good or not. I will. These were good. Every one of them. You need to be here. All right? And then last but not least, you need to get involved in a small group because we are called to do life together. Life together is better. And the only way to establish that is outside these full walls in people's homes. So either start a small group or attend a small group. All right. I'm trying to hurry, but this is good family talk. All right. So let me tell you some ways that you can get involved and engage. The first one is this. I, most of you don't know this. Um, um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we started a Mother's Day out here at the church. Uh, Sherry Avance, is, is she in here, Jason? Where's she at? Okay. Sherry Avance started a Mother's Day out for us called Passion Kids Club. They take care of children from 3 to 6 in the afternoon so that parents that don't get off work soon enough after school, they go pick the kids up at certain schools and bring them, and then it's a ministry. They're teaching them Bible, stuff like that. Uh, so if you want to get involved in that, one of the ways you can get involved in that is you can help us fill that up. They have 10 children in there. We can take up to up to 20. And so if you know somebody that needs help with uh, their children after school, see Sherry. Sherry, stand up so they can see you because I can't even see you. All right, so wave, see Sherry after church and get the information and the cost and all that. But it's a powerful ministry for us. Bears Club, Pantry, they desperately need volunteers all the time. That never ends. You have an opportunity there to serve. Different segments of society, different needs, but you have an opportunity to serve. Um, here's some other ones that you may not be aware of. We've always done the dog days of summer. We used to do it June, July, and August where we go to these different apartment complexes and cook all these hot dogs. Then we moved it here, and we took the month of June. We're changing that this year. We're trying to be more effective. We're going to do passion um, block parties here but it's going to be different. One night in June, one Wednesday night in June, and all the young people will be out there too. One night in July and one night in August on a Wednesday night, we're going to turn our parking lot into a block party. And it'll be different each time. Like one time there's going to be dunk tanks, um, inflatable games, stuff like that. And then another time it'll be something else. Invite all your friends. There'll be hot dogs. But we're doing that to try to tell our community that we care about them and that we want them here. Uh, that's one thing. We'll do our egg hunt. We'll do our fall festival. And we will do um, ministry to the schools like we've always done. And OERT is doing some really cool things this year that uh, you may know. Does everybody know what OERT stands for? Oklahoma Emergency Response Team. It is a team that responds to disasters. And our kitchen is out there, that big black truck that sits out there with that thing behind it. That's a full-fledged kitchen. And we've got some incredible opportunities this year for, for that type of ministry. So I encourage you to get involved. All right, the next one, i got to have prop.
We're pregnant. <laughs> and the truth is, it might be twins. All right, so let me let me explain. All right. We're expecting. Let me explain. Um, language is incredibly important. So we're going to use this language, and I want you to join me in this language throughout this year because I want to say this right, and I want us to say this right. I am happy to announce to you that inside of us we have a church plant that's getting ready to take place. I'm so excited about this um, because I am very excited about the fact that it gives us this opportunity to expand and influence. We can't get everybody in here. There's no way. If everybody in our area decided they all want to show up here, we couldn't service them. This gives us the ability to expand what we're doing. And so uh, this church plant has our DNA, will share our name, but it will be a standalone church with lead pastors. All right? So Get this language right. We are sending on purpose, purposeful. We are, this is, we are doing this intentionally. We are purposefully sending Woody and Jesse Burpo to South, the target, we hope we can find it, the facility, Southwest Yukon, to plant a passion church. All right? So let me tell you what I told uh, my pastoral team. If I hear you say, well, they're leaving us, I will correct you publicly because they're not. They are a part of us. We are intentionally sending them. We, that particular area of Yukon, the crazy thing about that, it is, is the most booming part of Yukon, and all the churches moved right over here. It's nuts. There are like seven churches, and they all moved in within the last five years and left the most booming part of Yukon. So you need to pray for, for them and us as we begin to look and try to find facilities. But hear, my, hear me clear. I'm saying it will be a passion church, and we're going to keep doing some stuff together, but they are going to be the lead pastors. They're going to lead. All right, and so uh, I... As Woody and I, Pastor Woody and I have been talking about this, we partner with them. I'm not going to give you all the details. We will do that later because we're going to have a um, commissioning service, a prayer service, and we'll announce all that to you. But, so I'm not giving it all to you. I'm just giving part of it. But the way that we are partnering is we are seeding to make it happen. We're planting seed to make it happen. We're doing that two ways. One is money, and I'll talk to you more about that later, and I think you'll be pleased with what we're enabling them to do. But we're also seeding people. And so... Um, now, I wrote this down so I would make sure to get this. I want to say this. Please don't be offended if when I mention the people that we're sending with them, you sit there and go, well, shoot, wasn't I good enough? Why didn't they ask me? I, yeah. Listen, they've been praying. We've been talking six months, eight months, well, longer than that. We knew this was going to happen eventually. Uh, but, but So we've been talking in detail the last eight to six months, and they prayed about who to ask. And they ask, and I said yes. 
And it's part of the seed. And so this morning, uh, we're pleased to announce these people are going to uh, be a part of this plant with them. And I'll come, don't let me forget to come back to the twins thing, okay, because I don't want to miss that. Uh, uh, <coughs> so Chad and Heather Pugh are going to be a part of that church plant team with them. Um, uh, stand up, sorry, by seat, or wave, do something. So that's Chad and Heather. Woody and Jesse, stand up, because they know who you are, but stand up anyway. Uh, Madeline and Sam, i got to do two different names for a couple more months anyway. Sam Raglan and Madeline Sanderson, who will be Sam and Madeline Raglan eventually, stand up. They're going with them to be a part of the church plant from our church. And then Kenny and Abby Moore, although they have been at Connect Church, uh, they've let them know that they're stepping out and they're going to be going with them as well. So would you stand up as well? So we're excited about Passion Church Yukon. All right? So good stuff. And so they're, uh, okay, how many of you were here last week? Okay, put your hand down. I told you how I operate with Greg. I do not tell Greg anything. I called him the week before, said, give me your scripture. He gave it to me the night before instead, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but I said to him, things are going great, but I won't tell you what's going on. And he said, cool. Y'all remember what he said? When? When? They're launching in September. All right. Uh, you will get a card on your way out. They give you a bunch of dates this year. I had this printed three or four weeks ago. September 2017. Launch Passion Yukon. Okay, don't tell me there's not a prophetic gift. Um, so, very incredible, and we're excited about that. We'll give you more details. Some of them, uh, as just so you'll know, as we go forward this year, you, as it gets closer, you will see less of them on Sundays because they're doing their thing. They're getting ready, preview services, all that. So, just so you know. All right, now, and I'm almost done, I promise. Y'all okay? Y'all let Greg preach an hour and a half last week. I, I know. I did. Okay, all right. And it may have been better, but I'm just telling you. Uh, all right. Uh, one of the changes, this goes back to our encounter go, goal, it also ties in to this engage goal. Um, I began to talk to our pastoral team. Oh, twins. Wait a minute. Twins. Uh, the, the goal, whew, I almost missed it. The goal, and I won't stay here long, is that, um, well, first of all, Pastor Luis has a church planter almost ready out of Passion Iglesia to plant another Passion Iglesia. So maybe this is triplets. I don't know. But uh, Woody and I have talked. And it is a, a goal from day one that within, we hope within the first three years is what we're hoping. They, and we will partner with them, but they will be positioned to launch another, hopefully, passion church somewhere. And so we could see this thing explode. You see the kingdom impact influence that we could have like that? And so it's just some good things. Okay, so now back to this. About three, two months ago, I began to talk to the pastoral team. Listen, okay, I'm feeling the pressure from y'all. I don't ever talk this long, all right? Give me a break. Okay. Just, all right. I just want, because some of y'all are going to ream me. Okay. Y'all ain't got nothing else to do. Y'all are boring. Y'all ain't got nothing. I'm playing. All right. Some of y'all thinking football games are coming on. Okay. Um, yeah, Dallas ain't playing. Who cares? It don't matter anymore. <clears throat> um, two months ago, I began to talk to the pastoral team about this. In light of our goal, to encounter God at a greater, greater level, and I'm still committed to that 10 years later. I'm still committed to us encountering God at a greater level. Based on that, based on um, the energy level that it takes us, not just me, our entire team, uh, and honestly feeling squeezed. We've been doing two services for eight years. 
some form or fashion. And then when you factor in that we're trying to uh, launch this other church, and I want us to be together as long as we can, um, we're going to stay in one service, okay? Uh, I Listen, I don't mind having options. I love options. The dilemma I face is that I don't like providing options if it makes us feel like it's optional. And so I'm not really there. This puts a bind on some folks. You need to understand by this was a hard, my team will tell you, this was a hard decision. And I, can I be really honest with you? It's an ego thing too. I'm just, being, I'm just being honest with you. Just being honest with you. As your pastor, I'm being honest with you. This is an ego thing too. It just messes with my ego because it's the trendy thing right now. Or not that that's the wrong word. That sounds negative. It is um, what? It is uh, it, the norm right now that a growing, healthy church has multiple services. That's a better way for me to say that. Um, I'm sorry I said trendy. That's not what I meant because I hope it never ends. Um, so this is an ego thing for me that I'm swallowing. But I really sense that we need to be together. And here's the second part. We need time. When we're in two services, there are a lot of moments when we end first service that we can't, we probably could and you would give us forgiveness for it, but it creates a nightmare for all the other teams, the children, everything, that we need to, we need to have altar time and we can't even do it. And now here, listen to me now. Listen to me. There are folks in this body that have prophetic gifts, words of wisdom and knowledge and faith. There are people in this body that have healing gifts, and we can't even utilize them because we don't have time. And so in our attempt to encounter God at a greater level, I still, I'm going to, I promise y'all, after this Sunday, you'll see. Y'all don't know this, but we started using a timer on me to help me. All right, so I'm, I made a commitment not to do marathon church. I'm not just going to preach for an hour every Sunday. That's not me. But I want us to have time to seek God around these altars. Say two things about that. Number one, if you have those gifts, I'm giving you permission in order to use those gifts. Okay? Second, I want to tell you the quickest way to get a preacher to quit doing altar time is to not respond when he gives it. Because some of y'all are in need of altar time, and because you, you're whatever, you won't even respond. And so week after week, give an altar call, nobody comes. I can tell you from all my friends who are pastors, you do let that go week after week like that, they'll quit doing it. So if this is something you sense we need, I'm asking you to take advantage of this time. We have uh, this decision to make. Um, this is going to be tough. Let me tell you, there's a rule in church. Some of y'all don't know about this. It's true in any event, but especially church. There's a 70% rule that once you reach 70% of your capacity, you will begin to plateau and then rapidly begin to decline. 70% of this sanctuary is 144 people. Think about that. Think about our average. We're already over it. What that means is I need you to cooperate. That means you can't come in and sit on the end row like this and then somebody go on that end and knock it out and nobody can get in. 
Because if you sit on this end row with all these seats open, nobody can get in. I'm asking you, without an usher being mean and asking you to do it, slide in. We're going to need every spot available. I'm asking you, if you can park on grass, park on the grass. Because I saw it today, people driving around looking for... It's tight. I understand it's tight. But I'm asking you, for a season, for a season. We don't know how long this season is going to be. For a season, snuggle up. Get tight. We have an option, and, I, and I'll mention, I'm going to throw this option out there. It's nothing we're ready to pursue now. I just will tell you it's out there. One of the options we have that we are pursuing, at least looking at, is we knock this wall out and go back to even with the drive through and box the drive through in, and the drive through area becomes part of a new lobby, larger lobby, which we need anyway, but it would allow us to have 109 more seats, which would get our capacity up to 316, so you can do your math, but I'm, we're not doing that because I'm not taking another loan. That's about $215,000. I'm not taking any more loans until we pay something else off. So if, if, that, if we want to stay in one service long, long term, because and, and, as soon as we see that our growth is capped or begins to decline, I will go back to two services because I don't want that to happen. What we've got is too good. I don't want that to happen. But as long as we can cuddle up together and stay in the 70% and we can and if you guys will continue to give faithfully we will be able to pay some of this stuff off and we will bust that wall out and expand all right okay just a couple thoughts and then I'll get out of your way Jesus's purpose uh, made other people very nervous and in the account I read to you it made them angry the price of promotion is pain and so we are going to experience some, some pain. It disrupted their routine. They, they, the routine was to travel home. They had all this stuff going on. It challenged them. His purpose inconvenienced his parents. I want to say, make this, I want to ask you this question. If Jesus isn't making you uncomfortable, are you really following him? We have a decision to make as a body. We're almost 10 years old. We will be 10 years old in August. Is this what we want to be when you look around? Do we want it to be more? That's something you've got to decide. But together we've got to come up with the decision on that purpose. And it may be an inconvenient and it's probably going to cause us some pain. And there are probably going to be some anxious, uncomfortable moments this year. But if we will embrace it, we will be full. So here's my challenge to you and then I'll get out of your way. Some of the things that we're going to attempt are going to require you to adjust. They're going to require you to adapt, and most importantly, they're going to require you to get involved. Because it is not enough for us to have a purpose as a body and you to sit around as a spectator all year long. That will not work. The only way that we're going to pull this off is that if you find your place, find your purpose, find your reason, and get involved. So my question to you is this, is what is your must? What must you do? Because if you don't intentionally and purposely find your must, you will find your mess. You have got to determine, why am I here? Why did God send me to passion? Why did I choose this church? Why did it work out that I was sent here? What is your must on the entire list of things that we do? Find a must. Your, your must was never to come and sit and soak and sour. To be an observer. You are here on purpose, so find it and get involved. So today, as you 
leave, we're going to hand you this card, and I'm going to ask you to begin to pray over not just this card, because there's some stuff on this card that I haven't even mentioned, but all the other things that we do, or maybe we don't do. Maybe it's something brand new we hadn't thought of. That's how the Passion Kids Club came about. Sherry came to me and said, hey, we need a, we need a Mother's Day. Really? Okay. We can make it happen. We'll make it happen. That could be for you too. What is your must? Find your must. Plug in. And together what we're going to discover is that this is going to be the most full year we've ever had. Father, this morning, uh, with all of the challenges and exciting things that as a body we've prayed through, the leadership of this body has prayed through and we've embraced, it's a, it's a pretty tall order. Some of the things that we're talking about, planning on, we need your help. These are mandates. These are musts that we feel are appropriate for us that you've called us to. I'm asking you to use us. Make us useful. Useful. God, I know that the only way that that can happen is that if everybody here that counts themselves as a part of passion ties in, locks in, serves, discovers their purpose. So, Father, if there's anyone in this room this morning that really doesn't understand why you sent them here, I pray that it would become abundantly clear that they would find the outreach ministry, they would find the team, they would find the opportunity, they would create an opportunity to expand the influence of your kingdom. Father, we declare this when 2017 comes to a close when it's all said and done we will give you the glory we will give you the credit we will make your name great and together we will do our debt level best through every avenue possible to make your name known to expand the influence and the impact of your kingdom I pray that you would watch over us I pray that you would guard our lips, guard our hearts. Let our language be correct. Let the way that we say things be correct. That they would correctly represent what you're doing in our midst. Help us to handle what you're doing carefully. And when it makes us uncomfortable, and when it disrupts our routine, I pray that we would just remember it's part of our purpose. It's part of our must. Father, we will begin so quick to give you glory and praise. And we will be thankful that you enabled us and allowed us to partner in what you're accomplishing in this place and through this body. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen, amen. Well, I'd like to take this time to welcome It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.